Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and once again, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Joseph Fornerado. Joe, how are you on this week leading to the Super Bowl? Well, it's uh, NHL All-Star Weekend, Eric. Come on. Uh, happy NHL All-Star Weekend. Sure. I'm sure uh, crickets, I honestly, crickets, yeah. <laughs> I honestly had no idea, but that's pretty cool. No, no, it's I'm just joking. Nobody it's like the Pro Bowl in the NFL. It's like the kids watch it, it's fun, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's um it's good to be back. We've had uh we had our normal break, but we we got to to do some fun stuff with Holy Badcast, talking about some other stuff. But this is uh kind of back to our little our little routine here. Yeah, for sure. And uh if for some reason you have not listened to the episode that Joe's talking about, go check out the most recent, or at least at the time of this recording, the most recent episode of Holy Batcast, where we got to join Andy and Jamie and talk all about the brand new slate for the DC universe that James Gunn announced last week, uh, which was very exciting. Uh, You can get all of our thoughts and opinions and ideas there. Um, But since you brought that up, We did actually have a question about the slate, and I figured before we get into our main topic today, we we talk about that a little bit, if that's cool with you, Joe. Yeah, that's fine. So it was from Matthew Malecki, and he posed to us, other than Batman and Robin, which Bat family member is the one you want to see the most in The Brave and the Bold? Saffron revealed that some members of the Bat family will appear. Who do you think that should be? Is there anyone that you don't want to see? Can't can't wait to hear your thoughts. Well, Matthew, thank you for the question, and that's uh, via Twitter. So, Joe, other than Rob, other than Batman and Robin, which we already know they're going to be members of the of the film, um, and that's Damian Wayne, Robin, by the way. Which Bat family members do you th- do you want to see the most in the Brave and the Bold? And is there anyone you don't want to see? I'll go. I mean, do my number one who I want to see would be Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Um, close second would be Tim Drake as I'll say Red Robin. Or I mean, it would be really cool if they actually went with the uh, the Red Robin costume from prior to the New Fifty Two. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but if as far as I mean, I got to go with Dick. Just number one. I think we need to see him as Nightwing in live action in a film, especially if we're getting Damien. Uh, but it, I mean, 
I I still can't leave Tim out of it. Yeah, I, I I'm in agreement. Um, actually, I'm gonna cheat and say because uh, he didn't necessarily just say one person. Um, I want to see Tim definitely because I do like the relationship at times between Tim and and Damien. But there's a really good relationship between Dick Grayson and Damien as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Most people know my affection for Nightwing. I really, really want to see Nightwing on the big screen. Um, I think Brenton Thwaites suit and his appearance and portrayal in Titans is wonderful. And I can only imagine what a big budget live action film Nightwing would look like. So um, it would probably end up costing me uh, some money on another six scale figure, but (laughs) (laughs) that's uh that yeah that's where i'm at right now so far as not wanting to see i don't think there's any members of the bat family that i wouldn't want to see i mean a a lot of people would say damien is one they don't want to see but everybody yeah yeah everybody knows i love damien so that's not going to be my answer and a lot of other people would probably say jason as well but i wouldn't argue with seeing jason either it's funny for me, it's it's not that I am opposed to seeing any of the Bat Family. I think I want to see all of them. I think I would just prioritize certain ones over others. Like, I don't want to see, like, I don't want to see Cassandra Kane before we see Tim. Or mm. <laughs> I don't want to see um, Batwoman before we see Tim. You know, that kind of thing. But I, w- I want to see Barbara. I, I definitely want to see Barbara. And I would be open to Oracle. I think Barbara as Oracle is such a is such an underutilized character. Um, and I think it makes for a different dynamic with the bad family, with her being Oracle, because everyone always complains out oh, the bad family's too big. It's, it's overcrowded. Well, if Oracle is the woman in the chair for, I mean, that's a terrible way to say it. Um, I don't mean it <laughs> as far as the wheelchair, but as far as her being like the coordinator, um, and really like, you know, giving out the the missions and all that kind of stuff and helping them out with everything. I think that's mm-hmm. such a cool dynamic. I love her role in the Arkham games with that. I agree with you um, that it would be cool to see. However, I think I would want to see Leslie Grace get her shot as Batgirl before we move into the Oracle role. So if we're going to have Batgirl, I hope it is Leslie Grace. and I hope we see her in the suit um, actually kicking butt before we go there. Uh, So yeah, I I will say uh, while you were talking, I was thinking about it. There is one, there's one bat family member that like, I wouldn't be mad if they were there, but it's not something I'm chomping at the bit to see. I could care less if Batwoman's in it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just don't care. I'm not a fan of the character, but so, so that's, that's an, there's an obvious uh, bias there, but again, I wouldn't be mad if she was in it. I'm just indifferent. It's one of, like I said, prioritizing, like I don't want to see Batwoman before I see Batgirl. I'd much rather have Batgirl. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Agree. All right. Well, thank you, Matt, for that question. Uh, the, we got a uh, question from Tom Pinsonold as well, or kind of a uh, suggestion. He said, hoping you guys share your thoughts about the slate on the next episode. And we're not going to go into all that because we did do, 
what oh gosh what was it almost three hours with holy Batcast on it yeah it was at least two and a half hours yeah of uh of talking about the slate with jamie and andy over there and that was a lot of fun it was it was a good way to to scratch that itch for us and Mm. uh and really be able to talk about that where we don't usually get into the news too much on here so that was fun yeah absolutely but what we are gonna do today is i made joe do a ton of homework (laughs) <laughs> because I feel like going into we're in February now. Um, we're well past the 30th anniversary of Batman, the animated series. I feel like it's time to wrap this up on our coverage of the animated series. Not that I don't enjoy it. I just, I want to move to, to new anniversaries and new things for the year. So we decided to take the five remaining episodes we have left and we're going to, we watched them all and we're going to talk about them. So today is kind of a wrap up of the 30th, anniversary celebration of Batman, the animated series. So we're going to talk about these five episodes. And then at the end, we're going to revisit the top five that we had last year on our top five episode and, and talk about, are they the same? Would you, would we change anything? But we'll talk about that then. But for now, one last time, let's get into our coverage of the 30th anniversary of Batman, the animated series. All right, Joe. So, how uh, worn down are you from from all the homework I gave you watching all these episodes, and now you have to talk about them? Are you are you up to the challenge? I'm up to it. Um, luckily, I have you to guide me towards uh, towards the finish line here because watching five episodes back to back, they blend together a little bit. Um, <laughs> my, as everyone knows, my memory is uh, is not quite there sometimes with these, but. I, I got to say, I'm pretty happy with the five episodes we had because mm-hmm. I don't think there were any stinkers in these five. It was a good selection to end on, in my opinion, where I, I did enjoy watching all five of these. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of variety amongst these yes. five. Yeah, that's true, too. They're, they're very distinctive um, in their their subject matter, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get into it. Our first episode comes from season two of Batman, the animated series, and it is showdown. So let's get into the synopsis here. Raz al Ghul or Raish, however you say his name, storms a retirement house with the Society of Shadows in order to take someone with him, leaving only a recording behind. Batman and Robin take the tape and listen to a tale from Raz's mysterious past during the late 1800s when he attempted to destroy the fledgling railroad and seize control of the U.S. government. The one person who stood in his way was the renegade bounty hunter, Jonah Hex. How Roz's battle with Hex is tied to his present-day activities in the episode is for Batman to discover. So, Joe, I was, you know, when, when I looked this episode up, when we were getting ready to watch him, I did not even remember that Jonah Hex was ever in Batman, the animated series, if I'm honest. And I actually, I don't know about you, but I had a lot of fun with this episode. So I'm very curious. What were your thoughts on showdown? Same and same. I do not remember this episode at all. Mm -hmm. And I had a blast watching it, which surprised me because 
I don't know if it's the way the story was told with Raj leading it or Raish leading it, leading you into it, but something about it just grabbed me. And is, does Jonah Hex appear in season three with the new adventures? He might. That's what I was wondering. Because that's um, how I always remembered it in my head for some reason. But yeah. this, I whoever picked this episode, I give them a lot of credit because I, I really don't remember this episode at all. I still don't think I would have it in my top five or maybe even my top ten. But it was such a fun episode where Batman's barely in it. Uh, yeah, you're right, because the bulk of the episode takes, back, takes place in this flashback that goes back to the Old West, which... As a huge fan of that time period and of, you know, film and television that portrays that time period was fun for me because it's not something you expect when you start a Batman, the animated series episode. Well, did you catch the year? Um, I mean, not Guess. right offhand. Well, there's a reason you should get it on your first choice. Uh, your first okay. guess. I mean, I know that it's a show on Paramount. Oh, is it 1883? The year is 1883. I was like, oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Okay. Cause I I knew it was, I knew it was in the 1880s cause I knew it was like around the civil war. Um, because Jonah Hex is, you know, he is, he was in the, civil war. So I knew it was somewhere around that time period, but I didn't catch that it was actually 1883. Yeah. And I see, I don't know a lot about Jonah Hex. The only Jonah Hex I've read coincidentally enough on recommendation from Matthew Malecki, I read the new 52 all-star Western. Um, I've read a little bit of that last year and that's pretty much the, the basis of my Jonah Hex knowledge. And so this was really fun to get the, the, um, the callback from Raj and mm-hmm. to, to really learn about Jonah Hex through the storytelling of Ra's al Ghul. And, and I wanted to look it up and I'm going to try to look it up real quick. Is that character from the comics, his son Duvall? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's not one I've ever heard of. Um, and I know this is the only episode he appears in. I'm looking it up now. So it's Arcade Duvall. I think he's a I think he's a unique creation for the show. Yeah. Which is very clever way of doing it. And why like it's completely believable that Roz would have other children in the you know however many years he's been on the earth. Yeah. Uh, but I I do like that we find out, you know, because it's it's all these years later, and this person, this Duval person, who was kind of the antagonist. It, Roz wasn't even the the real antagonist of the flashback. It was this Duval mm-hmm. um, that that Jonah Hex was going up against, and Jonah Hex stopped his his plot and his plan to uh, him and Roz's plan to destroy the railroad. It's it was so interesting that all these years later he's still alive, and even I think either Batman or Robin one says, you know, makes a comment that he would be over a hundred years old at this yeah. point. And then we find out about the Lazarus pit and we find out that he is Roz's son. And 
I don't know. I really like that, that even though, you know, Roz was so disappointed in, in what happened with Duvall and I mean, he allowed him to be, um, sent off to, to a prison basically, didn't he? Cause I, I remember so. it said something about him being, being sentenced to like 50 years of hard labor or something mm-hmm. like that. And he lost track of him, but you know, aside from all that and, and I love that last line where he asks to take, he asks Batman cause he's, he's Roz has taken this old man from this retirement home or this, this mm-hmm. nursing home, whatever it is. And he says, please just let me take my boy home. Yeah. And that is something you don't get very often from Roz al Ghul. And I don't know. I really like that, that, you know, even no matter, you know, what kind of person you are, what kind of family you have, Family is family at the end of the day. And, and it, Batman I, clearly understood that because Batman let him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and also there was that neat little, I guess, Easter egg of the Lazarus pit that he talked about. You know, he, he aged this far because of exposure to the Lazarus pit when he was young. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because, I mean, there's so many different unique takes on the Lazarus Pit. We've seen it in Arrow and all kinds of other places. And I think its a, its effects are, are kind of, I think the Lazarus Pit is kind of molded to what the story needs it to be at the time, sometimes. And it's interesting that, that they don't flat out say that Duval was dunked into the Lazarus Pit or anything. He was just exposed to it. So I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Um, but overall, really fun episode. I had a blast with this one. I'm like you. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll make my top ten or anything like that. But definitely one that I will revisit more often. And this episode was selected by Jay Yaws, which you know, if you know Should Jay, it <laughs> shouldn't surprise anyone. But we will move on to our next episode here, and our next one is Eternal Youth. So as our synopsis, Bruce Wayne receives an invitation to the exclusive Eternal Youth Spa and offers it to his faithful butler, Alfred, and lady friend, Maggie Page, accept this holiday opportunity and find themselves feeling intoxicated and rejuvenated. (laughs) But when they vanish and Batman investigates, he discovers that the spa is merely a front for eco-terrorist Poison Ivy. The resort's privileged patrons are meant to pay for their crimes against Mother Earth by being rooted to the ground and slowly encased within trees, unless Batman can save the day. So, Joe, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on Eternal Youth. So either, I don't remember if we talked about this when we were um, on the last episode or if me and you were just texting back and forth and you said... I believe you said you didn't remember this episode or you weren't sure what this episode was about. Um, I didn't remember by name once, yeah, once the okay. episode started, I, I was like, okay, yeah, this, this makes sense. Um, I remembered yeah. it very clearly once the episode started, but the name threw me. Okay. Yeah. And I remembered it by name. Cause I'll be honest. I, I love this episode. I've always, for some reason, I've always remembered this episode and I've always really, really enjoyed this episode. Hmm. It doesn't work so great for me. I, and I'll be honest. I don't think it's a great, <laughs> I don't think it's a great episode or a, I mean, logical episode is a 
weird way to put it. There's a lot of weird things that happened in this episode, but I've always been very entertained by this episode. Yeah, I get that. Let me let me ask you a question. Is Maggie in any other episode of this show? So <laughs> when we started recording, I or when we started watching these, I texted you and I was like, I'm actually gonna take notes because I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna be prepared for five episodes, and then that kind of went away. But <laughs> I my first note was Maggie. Because <laughs> I love Maggie in this episode, but I don't think she ever appears, which is such a travesty because give Alfred Maggie. I, I know I I love their their banter back and forth and the, the relationship between the two of them in this episode. And granted, I think Batman the Animated Series always tried to put um have Alfred have a relationship with Leslie Tompkins, which I'm not against. But I feel like Maggie comes out of nowhere and it's just And she disappears seemingly just as fast. Yes, and but like she just appears and it's just accepted. Oh, hey, Maggie, how are you? <laughs> and do they even explain like who she is? No. Like she's just there. Like, like it's so stupid, but this is what I associate Maggie with. And this is going to make no sense. I was a huge fan of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And there's okay. an episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Jeffrey has another friend that's a female butler for like a neighbor. And that's the first thing I thought of was, oh, she must be the butler for the neighbor. But there's no relevance to that whatsoever while watching this. I just associated it with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for some reason, because Jeffrey <laughs> has that episode with this other woman. And I, for some reason, that's what came to my mind with Maggie. That's wild. <laughs> I created my own backstory for Maggie because you, the show you did. You yeah. had canoned. I did. <sighs> so I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with Maggie, but... They needed to get Alfred to this spa, and Maggie did that. Well, you and I are not going to... I don't think we're going to cross paths on this episode, because Maggie <laughs> Maggie annoyed me to no end. Um, <laughs> In I a don't know. fun way. <laughs> no, I did not have fun with Maggie. Oh, I, wanted, I wanted Maggie to go away. Um, so, yeah... And, and I don't know, this This definitely fits into a time period with Poison Ivy, like mm-hmm. this go, going after moguls and things like that, and, and you know, big big corporate places that, that do things to damage, you know, the environment and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of fits into modern Poison Ivy as well, but I feel like modern po- Poison Ivy is, is a little more of a, like a mystical it's all about the green kind of yeah thing. They've tied her a lot into Swamp Thing almost now. Yes. Where that never used to be the case. But I really like that change. Cause I, uh-huh. I feel like it I feel like it makes her a stronger adversary for Batman. Yes. Um because it, a like, deeper connection a deeper connection to the DC universe as a whole too. Yeah, because in this episode, I mean, she does have the plants um, and she's using like chemicals to turn people into trees and things like that. But she doesn't seem like the almost like plant goddess that I know now. And it's just, well, I, I guess that version, especially since the Arkham games, is a version that I really prefer with Poison yeah. Ivy. And that's nothing against this episode because this episode didn't, you know, they didn't eat that. That concept hadn't been pushed forward yet this is very much classic poison ivy well the funny thing about this episode is like i said i enjoyed the hell out of this episode but Mm -hmm. 
there are so many problems with this episode <laughs> that like I was watching this and I'm like, wait, have we not met Poison Ivy before? Why is everyone just not except like do, do people not realize this is Poison Ivy? Yeah, like it's strange, Alfred cause... didn't. Alfred apparently has never looked at the Bat Computer because well, you Bat... see Pam like ba- and Batman see... clearly knew who she was. Yes, but like Alfred sees Pamela at the the thing and doesn't even question it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of the episode though is Batman is taking I what's the word he uses? Um, crap! It's not plasma. Is it plasma? Is Which it human part? plasma and plant plasma? And he's combining the two subjects. It's not plasma. It's another word. He uses another word for like the DNA or the substance from the from the the plant based um, poison. And he does. I'm going to do half of this and half of a person's DNA. And what happens when they combine it? He puts them in the beaker and it turns into this like monster of a plant instantly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the part. I don't remember what he said. But I love that because it makes absolutely no sense that no, he not would at just all. combine these two really quickly and that would happen. But yet Alfred and Maggie are walking around <laughs> like, like that was in their body and they're eating cookies and they're drinking stuff. And like, there's no way they had less in their body than what was in that beaker. <laughs> yeah. And it's- again, I love this episode because of the absurdity of it. I just find it hysterical. And I just, for some reason, I always remember this episode because I guess it is such an Alfred centric episode. And I guess I just like the fact that Alfred was center stage in this episode. So I kind of just let everything go because it's absurd. The whole episode is absurd, but I have fun with it. Well, there's a lot of moments, um, not a lot of moments, but there are moments in the show. And we've talked about this before that reminds you, Oh yeah, this is a kid's show. It's a kid's show. Yes. This episode screamed that for me. It this seemed, could have been a 66 episode. I was about to say the same thing. This leans towards that 66 sensibility. Yes. And sometimes, and Batman the Animated Series does that occasionally, but it's jarring a little bit when you have episodes like Heart of Ice and Two-Face, and then you get yeah. something like yes. this. And maybe it's because of my love for the 60s show that like, maybe that's why I just have a lot of fun with this episode. Because now, now that I'm thinking about that, like, man, watch this and vision it as a live action version, like the 60s show. You got the, the girls at the spa. Like you could totally see this being that show. Like, cause the oh, 60s yeah. show it- did get involved in the sexiness and the, the, um, uh, innuendo and stuff like this is right up that alley. <laughs> Oh, if they did this live action, George Clooney would be Batman. Just <laughs> that saying. is perfect. Yes. <laughs> Just saying. But yeah, um, no, it's, it's, there's, there's no harm here. Um, it's, it's not a bad episode. It's just not my favorite, but I'm glad to hear that you enjoy it so much. That's awesome. It's just, yeah, I, like I said, I'm not going to defend it and say it's an, a spectacular episode and it's great writing and all that, but I just have a lot of fun with it. I think the whole idea of, I like the, older fashioned version of poison ivy in this. I, I think it's fun. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I do not have a person. Uh, this was chosen by one person. And unfortunately it must be one of those that I cannot access anymore. Cause unfortunately I could not find 
who chose this one. So this one is unknown, but there you are for our unknown listener, Eternal Youth. This one's for you. And I'm sorry I didn't like it as much as you did. <laughs> okay, on to our next one, which is one it doesn't sound like Joe liked as much, but we'll talk about that. And this one is Dreams in Darkness. So a run-in with fear gas, courtesy of the Scarecrow, lands Batman in a padded cell in Arkham Asylum, struggling to convince Dr. Bartholomew that the city's water supply is in danger of being spiked with Scarecrow's hallucinatory toxin. To make things worse, Batman has to overcome his own demons as he is plagued by disturbing visions of his enemies and also his loved ones. So Joe... Tell me why you hated Dreams in Darkness. <laughs> this is where I will completely contradict myself. Uh-huh. Because in Eternal Youth, nothing made sense whatsoever, but I absolutely had a blast with it. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's like because it took itself seriously, I was overly critical of this episode. Mm, okay. And I feel like the Dr. Bartholom- Bartholomew character annoyed me. And I, I could not, for the life of me, get past. I, I feel like they've done these types of stories before and executed them better. And I feel like this was a good concept with poor execution for Batman the Animated Series. And for some reason, I had a hard time understanding how Batman ended up in Arkham. Gotcha. Yeah, so. But I had no problem with all the unbelievable stuff that happened in Eternal Youth. I guess this is an episode that's just, it's, it's not bad. It's not great. It's, it's, you know, perfectly, perfectly entertaining for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't put a, honestly, and, and I might have to watch it again because I wasn't even thinking about like the direction of how he got to Arkham, um, or, you know, how all this kind of fell into place. Um, yeah, I just, it, it was perfectly fine to me. Um, the Dr. Bartholomew, I will agree with you there. I think this is a one and done character as well, like Maggie. And he annoyed me just like Maggie did. And (laughs) I I guess I expected, I expected him to be part of the plot and he really wasn't. No, he was just dumb. And like, but why couldn't he have been Jeremiah Arkham? Like, did they not? Exactly. That's that's the only thing. I I would rather have characters that carry over that we have some history with than these one-offs. Um because yeah. it doesn't make much sense. And the moment, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> the moment that really annoyed me with Dr. Bartholomew was after Batman had basically told Bartholomew what was going on. He was suspecting Scarecrow and Bartholomew is like, "No, you're just you're you're unwell." Um, you, you need to be here in Arkham. We need to take care of you. And then he leaves. And when he finds out that Scarecrow has escaped, he goes back like almost hat in hand to tell Batman he was wrong. And, you know, I apologize. Scarecrow has escaped. And then after that, he still thinks Batman's a loony and he needs to keep him locked up. Yeah. And at that point I was like, okay, this doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I just have to go with it at this point. Cause that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I, I don't understand the, I guess I just had trouble with the whole Arkham storyline. Like, I, 
there was no reason for Batman to be in there other than to show us Dr. Bartholomew being an idiot because he just as easily could have been um, kind of losing his mind from the fear toxin and trying to deal with it on his own without going to Arkham. I felt like there was, should have been more to the Arkham story. And maybe it's because we have seen Batman in Arkham told very well and i maybe i like i just wasn't what i was expecting and that was on me but like i was like okay is this a dream is he not really in arkham and that's what i actually told you i watched it twice because i i went back and i'm like all right i have to be missing something what am i not getting here and he crashes the batmobile mm-hmm. and i guess they just pick him up from that crash and he ends up in arkham and i kind of i had trouble with that like so batman's never been in a vehicle incident and like why did no one come and help batman before arkham came and picked him up it just seemed very and i hate when people do this i i i am i apologize because in a 21 minute episode i am being overly critical but it's kind of like so you mean to tell me this is the only time batman's ever crashed that batmobile and nobody came to help him and they just somehow get him into arkham instantly like it just seemed weird to me and i i don't know why that bothered me as much as it did but again the 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 what do you call it? the scarecrow stuff is interesting. We've seen that story a million times with the water supply and all that. That stuff is fine. I like the whole, um, I like the whole thing with Batman finding the antidote, but he can't take it because it's going to knock him out for two days. That is so Batman. Like that, that's fun. I loved that. Mm. Um, him seeing Joker in the back computer or thinking it's uh, thinking Joker sneaking up on him while he's on the back computer was great. Like that kind of hallucination stuff. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought that stuff was really cool. Yeah. Now that part was done well. And I guess if you just turn your mind off and don't think about the how and the logistics of Batman getting into Arkham uh, or the idiot, that doctor that's in charge of him, I, I the, the scarecrow stuff in the episode is, is great. It's fun. Um, so I guess that's what makes it, it, it puts it more into the, you know, entertaining portion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is twice during this, during this, uh, the watching for this episode we're doing that, uh, one of these episodes reminded me so much of a movie. And I forgot to mention this when we were talking about showdown, but in this one, of course, the, the water supply, putting again, putting the hallucinogen in the water supply. Of course, my mind went to Batman begins. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I think Batman begins actually made the logic make a little more sense because how does a gas work in a water supply? They don't really, I don't think they thought much about that. One of the (laughs) most convenient and and as much as I love Batman against it, one of the most convenient and genius um, doctors that just figured that out instantly or whoever it was that was taking that sample. Like he's like, Oh, obviously it's got to be absorbed through the lungs. Like, duh. Well, yeah, but you know, we have people complain about the carpet tool in the Batman as well. So, um, but yeah, it's so for me, I, I like that I can look at these and see other things. But in this one, I saw Batman Begins and, and then in Showdown, and it's a weird comparison here, but I thought, man, this is Wild Wild West. Have you ever you know, seen? I've never seen that with will smith okay two two fresh prince of bel-air uh two will smith references in uh the same yeah so you've got (laughs) in the old west you've got these this gigantic impossible machine in the old west attacking the the transcontinental railroad Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, my mind went immediately there. Now in wild, wild west, it was a giant spider because of course it was, but (laughs) yes, we all know the story there. (laughs) Yeah. But either way I digress. Um, yeah. So this one wasn't, I will say this is going to be nowhere near my favorite episodes here with dreams and darkness, but I had enough fun with it and it sounds like you just couldn't get past the, the logic errors here. Yeah. I mean, I like, I didn't hate it. I was into, I think that's why it bothered me is because I was into it. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't get past that one thing. And I think if it wasn't for the Arkham stuff, everything else was fine. I will say since we've been doing these, I've been trying to pay attention to who writes these and who directs these. Mm -hmm. Now, Eternal Youth was directed by Kevin Altieri, who that's a name that we recognize. Um, yes. Now, Dreams in Darkness, I recognize none of these people. I don't know if you do, but it was directed by Dick Sebast and then written by Judith Reeves Stevens and Garfield Reeves Stevens. Hmm. I do not know those people at all. No, I, I don't don't recall yeah so i just found that interesting too that like oh like i don't know these people like usually when we get these it's usually like you know i mean did you we're gonna... did you look at the names on showdown i recognize the names on showdown i feel like it, it was, was direct didn't uh, bruce tim directed it right nope kevin altieri directed it paul dini and bruce tim wrote it okay so bruce tim directed one of the ones we did uh Maybe that was Laughing Fish? Maybe, maybe, which we're about to get yeah, into. Yeah, we'll get to that, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there we are. And this one was chosen by Brabethka. So um, I hope we didn't beat it up too much, Brabethka. We enjoyed it, or I enjoyed it. Sounds like Joe did a little bit. So no, I, I said in the beginning, I enjoyed all five of these. This was probably my least favorite, but okay, I gotcha. still... I, I didn't hate it enough to not watch it twice. I mean, I, I I watched this one more than the other four just because I felt like I was missing something and I wanted to give it a fair shake. And I, I did enjoy it. It's just not, there were some things I, I didn't care for. Gotcha. Okay. Well, moving on to our next one, and it is an iconic one. It is The Laughing Fish. And in this episode... Joker unleashes a toxin into Gotham City's harbors, causing all the fish affected to mutate into, quote-unquote, Joker fish, with a deformed smile clearly resembling his own. The Clown Prince of Crime's plan is is far more bizarre, and he soon reveals to the world his desire to copyright the fish and thus gain a percentage over all sold fish in the Gotham area. However... When his copyright is blocked for legal reasons, Joker begins to target the pencil pushers who have to enforce the copyright law. It's up to Batman and Harvey Bullock to save the day. So, Joe, um, this one obviously is based off of a very iconic uh, source. So tell me what you thought of the Joker fish or excuse me, the laughing fish. Well, this this takes from Joker, um, from the Laughing Fish, and from Batman Two Fifty One. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of stuff from actually, I might even take more from Two Fifty One than it does from the Laughing Fish. Um, I love this episode. Um, this has always been one of the most iconic episodes of this series, and I want to say I even rewatched this before we did our top five because I felt like it was going to be in my top five, and it just missed out. Ooh, that's I 
Yeah, I one of my favorite humorous lines in the show is his dig at Colonel Sanders chicken <laughs> and him talking about like how could he co- uh, copyright chicken but I can't copyright fish. Like I just it's such a typical joker line. I just find it hilarious. Um and this one is directed by Bruce Tim and written by Baldini. Yes, it is. I, so I just I, looked that up myself. I I love this episode. I mean, Batman fighting a shark to save Harvey Bullock. The Joker doing such heinous things as throwing Bullock into the tank. <laughs> like, like it's there's a lot of great stuff in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I, I I'm in agreement with you. I had a blast watching this episode. It this is very very, um, I guess vintage Joker. Mm-hmm. because everything here with the Joker is a lot of fun. Um, the plot, like his, his, his plan is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I love that he's through a very, you know, dastardly plot to poison these fish. Basically he's then trying to do something on the, on the up and up. Like he's trying to get something copyrighted. <laughs> So he can make all this money, which if he got it copyrighted, he would just be making all this money legally, which is so interesting for the Joker. Um, so yeah. And, and I looked up some of the, actually there's some production notes here. Uh, the episode is actually based on three comic joke, uh, classic Joker stories from the comics, the Joker's five way revenge, as you mentioned, the laughing fish, um, and it says the dialogue between Commissioner Gordon and Batman in the last scene of the episode was adapted from the last panel of, of the comic Batman 321, first published in 1980. Hmm. So I did not pick up on that at all. And I don't know what the dialogue was right off the top of my head. So, um, but yeah, I the whole plot, like, like, like I was saying, it's really fun with the, with the Joker going after these these people in charge of the copyright office because they won't break the law and copyright fish for him. And then it turns into this whole scene and it reminded me, I really wish they had given the shark in the episode, you know, that shark that they have in the tank that he threatens to lower Bullock into. And then he throws Batman and, and Bullock in the tank. Like I know it's been done with, with Joker and the shark before, but, now that I've read three jokers and I've seen that shark with the, with the Joker smile, like I just wanted the shark to have the Joker smile. I was a little disappointed that he didn't, um, <laughs> but yeah. Well, and that's, it's funny you say that. Cause that's why I always get the shark confused with mad love mm. because in mad love is when she takes the piranhas yeah, I didn't even Batman think about upside that. down. So that's why I always get the two confused. And I think that's why you get that payoff in Mad Love. Yeah. Now there, I did have one. I think it, it's not really a huge issue. It's just kind of a, a slight nitpick. Um, you know, Joker often attacks with the Joker gas. And the Joker gas seems to work pretty instantaneously most of the time. And now here in this instance, like he, you know, he, uh, get, he sends this, what is it like a Marlin or something that's got gas inside it launching into this office 
after mm-hmm. the uh, the first copyright worker there, and the gas goes off, and nobody's ex- affected except for the copyright worker. And it's because it's a there's Batman goes into the science of it. There's a lot of very odd science in these episodes well, we've been watching. <laughs> It's a binary compound. There you go. Binary compound. I know it was something. Like I said, I do love this episode. And I, I think that's almost a homage to Batman 89. I mean, it could be with the, the two products together. Yeah. Yeah. I see. uh, I will. So two things with that is I'll say, I feel like the Joker compound or the laughing guess is always kind of what they needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a convenience. I I haven't read. I mean, I'm trying to remember the gag with the guy being attacked by midnight. Was that from 251 or was that from the Laughing Fish? I'm trying to remember. I feel like that's from the Laughing Fish. I would have to go back and read. Honestly, I can't. I, can't I don't. Because in Five Way Revenge, it could be Five Way Revenge. Because in Five Way Revenge, Batman misses out on joker killing all these people so if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. it might be from five-way revenge and the joker does kill the guy in the way that he that batman saves him in this one Mm -hmm. and i will say with this um man the joker guess in this is pretty horrific for a kid's show yeah yeah it it is because i mean i know they don't die they make that very clear that they don't die it's just paralyzed on their face for a little while or something and then but well i mean that the way that the bruce tim style of like drawing that rictus grin yeah is it's pretty horrifying oh yeah it's like i would think twice about having this on when my kids were in the room because I, i think it would probably scare my daughter you know what I think it is specifically because it reminds me of uh, when they do it in um, in the Batman Beyond film in Return of the Joker. Mm-hmm. The Bruce and, and I don't know who animates this, but obviously it's all in that Bruce Tim style. But mm-hmm. it's when the neck distends and you see like the the cording and the muscles in the neck tense up, like mm-hmm. you could see the lines in their neck. I think that's one of the things that really makes it kind of gives it a realism that's kind of scary. So, but yeah, um, and there's one more thing in this episode. It's Bullock. Um, and I know it's Bullock's MO, but how many times does Batman have to be right before Bullock will listen? (laughs) We'll give him some credence. That's almost that sitcom trope where everything has to go back to normal at the end of the episode. There's no growth for Bullock. He always has to be that guy. Yeah, because I mean, and we're this episode and the next episode we're going to talk about are very much. Bullock, you know, not wanting anything to do with Batman and, and being proven wrong in the end. So, yeah, but yeah, um, I do love that they have to work together here at the end. And of course, Joker takes the plunge into the ocean there at the end as, and the shark has fallen into the ocean as well. And we think it's curtains for the Joker, but I love that little, and, and maybe this is what it was talking about, but the little dialogue there between Gordon and Batman where Gordon ask him, asks him if he believes the Joker is gone. And Batman basically tells him, you know, I wish that were true, but I, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, kind of to give it a final punch, you see the, the shark appear again and eat Joker's card. But we know we see Joker again in the series. But it's, it's just, it's interesting that they, they, they kind of gave it a little finality there at the end. 
Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like you said, super fun episode. I, man, this one, I'll, I'll say this, this is kind of a spoiler for, for our look back at our top fives coming up soon, but this one came close to making it into my top five. So, yeah, I, that's why I know this episode so well is I, I watch it a lot and I definitely watched it when we were doing our first episode with the top five, because this was one that I was like, this, this probably will be in there. And for whatever reason, I chose not to put it in, but it's definitely one of my favorite. I think probably because I picked another Joker episode over this one. I didn't want to have two, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I, I love this episode. Nice. All right. Well, moving on to our final episode, we've done it. Who, who picked that one? Do you know who picked? Oh that yes. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, the, the laughing fish was chosen by Dan Cheeseman art. Only one person picked that one, one. Wow. person, one person. I'm, I'm very glad that he picked it because that's definitely one I wanted to cover. So that's good. Yeah, for sure. All right. So moving on to our final one, Joe, this is the last episode in our coverage of uh, the 30th anniversary here. So this one is, I am the night. And for the synopsis here, Batman falls into the depths of depression after Commissioner Gordon is shot by the Jazzman during a botched raid. Batman was meant to be present, but was delayed by thugs while paying his annual visit to the site of his parents' murder. With Gordon hospitalized and near death, the Dark Knight becomes consumed by self-doubt. Only when the Jazzman escapes custody and attempts to murder Gordon does Batman snap out of his funk. His spirit is further renewed when he encounters a young man he'd previously given up on, now on the road to reform and grateful for Batman's intervention. So Joe, our last one here, tell me your thoughts on I am the night. This is where Batman, the animated series is at its best when it's going. I mean, we, we talk about how sometimes we got to remember this is a kid show. Mm -hmm. This would be the exact opposite of that where you're like, wow, this is a kid show. Cause I don't know what I would have thought of this when I was seven years old, <laughs> but this is not a kid's episode. And this is a very emotional episode. This to me is Batman, the animated series at its best. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what else to add until we get into the episode altogether, but I'll let you give your first thoughts on it. Cause yeah, this is, this is definitely a classic episode. Yeah, um, I did not remember how good this episode was. Uh, I was, I was really, really blown away by watching this episode again. Um, and again, like you were just saying, I mean, when you go from something like uh, Eternal Youth to this episode, it really marks the difference in what was going on when these guys were, were wanting to make an impact with an episode. Cause I mean, this mm-hmm. is, this couldn't be any more different. And you know, what's strange is I'm, I'm looking at the credits here. I mean, it was directed. I was going to bring that up too. I'm glad you, I'm glad you're talking about that guy. Directed by Boyd Kirkland, written by Michael Reeves. And I don't know if those names stick out to you, but they do not stick out to me. So they don't. So bravo to them because most of the time when we get to these episodes that we consider classics or the best of it's the heavy hitters that we all know. And this one, I don't know those names. 
and they did a hell of a job on this episode. Well, this is the kind of episode to your to your point that you expect to see a Paul Dini yes. in in the written by. And yeah, credit to Michael Reeves and Boyd Kirkland here because I mean this is this is a somber episode, but then it has that uplifting end that mm-hmm. really makes me love Batman. Um, because just that, you know, the, aside from everything that happens in the episode, I mean, this young man that he's helped, that's, you know, that's, that's a little, you know, little street crook in early in the episode, you know, he takes him to, um, he takes him to the mission to Leslie Tompkins. And by the end of the episode, he's like, you know, I've been in a lot of these places, but this is the first time it's made a difference. And, I want to thank you for that. And he thanks Batman for it. And I'm like, yes, that's what Batman should be. You know, I love, I love when a Batman story and, and you know, I, I know it's caught flack or whatever. Um, but a lot of people love it too. The recent, the Batman, I mean, I, that story, it ends on such a hopeful note that exactly what I want out of Batman stories. So yeah, it's, and I don't know. Like if, if I was watching this for the first time, it would be really, I don't know. I could see them going in a different direction with, with the whole commissioner Gordon thing. Like you could almost make this a, like a, a finale for a series and go in a completely different direction. I'm glad they didn't do that, but to use Gordon's potential death as kind of a, um, I don't know how to say it, kind of a um, a shock to the system for Batman, and mm-hmm. for Batman to really consider everything that's everything about his mission and everything that's going on is, I think, really. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to put into words what, what I'm thinking right now. So say something else, Joe, because I'm I'm, <laughs> well, I'm struggling. So I'm. As you were talking, I'm I'm kind of reading up on this episode too because I wanted to see if this was. I assume this is from a comic line, um, but what I came across was that initially Rob uh, Dick Grayson was supposed to be shot. Really, and apparently now they it says here. Um, I'm trying to find the words they used i would assume it was the censors or the company they use initials and i was not familiar with uh what it said and i can't find it. bs and p it says initially robin would have been shot rather than gordon but bs and p said no recalled reeves who's i i think reeves was the director I was surprised they said we could shoot Gordon. We couldn't show him getting shot, but that made it more dramatic. And that's the other thing I wanted to bring up too. The censors were so weird on these shows because you couldn't show Gordon get shot, um, which I understand that completely. But man, how many guns were in Showdown? Showdown was nothing but like gunfights the whole time. And there are even a ton of machine guns in this episode. You just don't see anyone getting shot. Yeah, well, it may be that thing, you know, I mean, kids can't get machine guns. They also that can't like get like old Western revolvers either. So maybe yes. that was, but, um, I found it really interesting that they were initially going to shoot, uh, Robin and they said, no, like we can't have you shoot Robin, but you could shoot Gordon. And they're like, Oh, okay. Um, so I'm familiar with Batman officer down, but that post dates this that's from later, right? 
I'm looking, believe, yeah, that was from the 2000s. I think so, yeah. So this so, might have been an all-original story. Sounds like it yes. was. Yes. And I... Um, so yeah, that was... I found that interesting that the initial pitch was to have Robin get shot, and they said no, and, and they went to Gordon instead. And they said it made it more impactful that you couldn't show Gordon getting shot. It made it more dramatic. But uh, very interesting... Um, and yeah, it's such a, such an emotional episode. We see Barbara again, this predates Barbara being Batgirl, um, in the series, as far as I know, right? Pretty sure. What season yeah. is this? Uh, this is still season one, right? Yeah. It's season one. Yeah. Cause she doesn't become Batgirl until the end of season one. Mm. Well, um, one thing that I really liked that this episode did is because for some reason I had thought in my head that Jazzman had appeared at some point in the comics, mm-hmm. but no, he was a completely original creation for the show. And I don't know. I like kind of that, you know, cause Batman's got all these rogues, you know, I like that Gordon has kind of an arch enemy here too. Like it's somebody that, that Gordon had put away years ago and he's got this vendetta against Gordon I mm-hmm. like that because it's because it kind of goes a little bit against the, I think, kind of tired approach of, well, Batman causes all these, you know, these wacky, crazy villains. Well, Batman didn't cause this one. It's just it's kind of the way Gotham is. So I don't know. I kind of like that. And now, I, as I found out doing research, he actually has recently appeared for the first time in comics. Um, the jazz man was in Batman. The adventures continue season two. And uh, yeah, I still got to get into that. I, I only finished season one. So I haven't re- read season two either, but apparently in, in season two, um, he, he's taken on Batgirl, mm-hmm. so, which makes total sense. Oh yeah. That's a great way to add to that story. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to kind of dive into that and read read that. But this episode, yeah, man, it's from everything. And I think one of the biggest moments that caught me was the conversation between Batman and Alfred. And that is an iconic conversation. And I didn't realize it came from this episode. Or at least I didn't remember that it did. And that's, that's another little um, quick bit of trivia is that this was an air date. This was Barbara's first appearance. It was oh, the yeah. second appearance in production order. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, she had first appeared in Heart of Steel in production order. Okay, got it. But yeah, so I can't give this one many more, you know, superlatives. It's it's a great episode. If you haven't watched it in a while, I I vastly uh, suggest watching it. I think it's very very good. But. Uh, anything else on this one, Joe? No, no. And this was the one that you, um, when we were talking, you said we should end on this one. And I, I think that's a smart move because I think this is, um, this episode did deserve uh, to be the one to to wrap up the the show because there's so much good with this episode. And I, I would dare to say, because again, the first, I just kept thinking about Officer Down, the story arc in the comics where Gordon gets shot. And I do wonder if this is one of those rare times where they took this episode and put it into the comics years later, because I mean, it could be completely coincidental. I have no idea, Mm -hmm. but I just find it fascinating that 
as far as we know, this wasn't based on any comic. And it's a it's a pretty big swing to do just on your own. So I, I give them a lot of credit for this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, this one was chosen by... Pull it back up here. Batman fan 55 and Brabethka. So again, this one, I mean, only chosen by two people. So it's, it's a little surprising, but again, I didn't remember how good this one was. So there we are. Um, and Rebecca chose eternal youth too. Also, uh, right. Uh, dreams and darkness. We don't know who chose oh, okay. eternal youth. I'm sorry. I meant, I meant dreams and darkness. So at least yeah. I might've, um, been a little bit down on that one, but, uh, <laughs> this one, uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely was on the good side <laughs> on this one. Yeah. But that does, that does officially wrap up our coverage of the, of the Batman episodes we were doing for our 30th anniversary celebration. So we've, we've made it to the end of that. Um, but what I did want to do, and we talked about this when we first did the episode, the, the top five rankings episode, and I think we've talked about it a few, few few more times is doing a little bit of a revisit. And this is not going to be a complete re-ranking. We're just going to, I'm going to tell you guys what our original top five was on those episodes. And then we're going to see if anything changed, if anything swapped out, if anything dropped out or was it added. And this might be a little tough, Joe, because I don't know if you did any homework on this beforehand, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if I went back and actually like thought about the other episodes we've covered thus far. But well, <laughs> for most of the, yeah. for most of the journey, you didn't even remember what your top five were. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's the most shocking thing is I'm like, Oh, that was my top five. That was not what I remember being my top five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now what your top five were. So going from uh, five to one, Joe's top five were appointment and crime alley. Robin's reckoning, beware the gray ghost joker's favor and at number one heart of ice now so far as mine my five to one were moon of the wolf heart of ice joker's favor the man who killed batman and beware the gray ghost as my number one so joe with with your top five there you've heard it again is there anything that moved out of the top five did anything change position what do you think I think if anything was going to move, it would be that appointment in Crime Alley. Um, mm. I think for whatever reason, when I was going back and watching uh, random episodes to kind of prepare for that one, I fell in love with that episode. Um, and it might have been the mood I was in. It might have been just the way it hit me that day. And I don't, I don't, like off the top of my head, I couldn't say, no, that's not my top five now. I, I'm going to replace that one with something else. I couldn't do that right now. Um, but I think if I were to remove one, that is that spot that could change on any given day. Mm -hmm. I think my top four are pretty solid. The order might change, but I think those four are definitely always going to be at least in contention because we've covered a lot of great episodes, but those four I mean, those are the ones that I probably know the best mm -hmm. and the ones I've watched the most. Like if I'm going to just watch one episode and say, or even recommend one, like, Hey, you need to watch an episode of Batman, the animated series. I got one for you for four different reasons. You know, you got a Joker episode, you got Robin's origin. You got the, the Emmy 
is it the Emmy one, right? Emmy is the TV. Yes. I want to say, yeah, I want to say Heart of Ice won the Emmys. Like, that's just a brilliant episode altogether. Uh, the Grey Ghost, I mean, what can we say about the, the Grey Ghost episode? But And I, I do think Appointment in Crime Alley brings another level to this show that I think is why I put it there. I, I tried to think of reasons to put each one in there, and I think I have, like, kind of all those bases covered. Mm. Um. So I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with what I chose. Nice. Um, I did do a little, I, I, I thought about this quite a bit today while I was taking the notes and, and putting down our top fives. And so I, there was actually quite a shift in mine, uh, doing this revisit. Some, a few of them shifted up. I mean, three of the top five are still the same. I did have two that actually tumbled out of my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, so the man who killed Batman it fell from number two all the way out of my rankings. Um, and Moon of the yeah, Wolf. Yeah, that was the one that surprised me anyway when you yeah. had that. Yeah, and then Moon of the Wolf, which is still, I'll say this, I still love that episode. Moon of the Wolf is still in my top 10, but it did, it get it got nudged out. Um, so I think what you're saying is you did more research today than you did when we did the top five episode. <laughs> I think that was the problem, is you... <laughs> But that's okay. <laughs> no, I mean, because some of these episodes I really had not seen in a long time. And no, I agree. And I, because my memory is so bad, that's why I really did go back and watch a lot of this show mm-hmm. prior to when we did the top five. And even then, I still, I guess I just picked ones that I knew that I remembered that I liked. And, but I mean, we still, we covered some great episodes and a, a really great variety too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that's again doing the revisit and really thinking about these episodes as we're watching them and and thinking about them for a review. That's what really kind of shook my ranking there. And so like I, I did tell you the ones that fell out, the ones that came back in were ones that I just was really really into as we were watching them for these reviews. And that's mm-hmm. Two-Face, the two-parter, and I am the Knight, the one we just discussed. Oh, um, good. And because I was wondering if you were going to choose the Laughing Fish, because you definitely liked that one too. Two Face was one that I had really close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Second Chance is a good one. I mean, there there are some great Two Face episodes. Um, the one that we didn't cover that has actually always been one of my favorite episodes is Zatanna. Oh yeah, and we didn't even cover that one, but that's one that I and um. God, I'm trying to remember. Did we cover Bullet for Bullock? We did. Okay. We did do that one. I remember that one specifically. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it, it's wild. How, I mean, and you could, you could ask me, um, you could ask me for the 35th anniversary and my answer might be different as to what my top mm-hmm. five is. And I think that goes to, that goes to show how good that this show is and how consistently good it was that at any point, and I think this is a lot of Batman fans that love this show, any point your top five could change. And I think what also surprised me was how many of the season three episodes people chose. We got to cover a few of those. We did, between, yeah. Um, Growing Pains. Um, we did cover Growing Pains, right? I, I don't remember if we covered Growing Pains. Oh, because that's always been one of my favorites but we might not have covered that um 
but also do we cover trial or do I just remember watching that for myself? Uh, I think I, we covered it. I can't here. remember. I feel like we covered trial because that one was definitely a lot of fun. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many episodes here. I don't see growing pains on the list, so I don't think we did that one. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of old wounds. Yeah, maybe I did. I did want to bring up um, because we didn't. So we. I'm sorry, it wasn't growing pains. It's old wounds. I get the titles mixed up for those. It yeah, was old wounds. We did the, do old flashback wounds. one. We definitely did old wounds. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring up because, of course, we didn't cover it for the 30th anniversary because when we when we started all this, we had just done uh, Christmas with the Joker as a Christmas special. So we didn't talk about that one, but it was chosen by quite a few people. So I did, I did want to say that, you know, that that episode was chosen in people's top fives. We just didn't cover it because we had just done it. So, um, but that one, I mean, I have a strong feeling that one will come up again on this show at some point. So have no fear. Well, We also learned we didn't cover appointment in crime Alley, which was one of my top five, because I think I was the only one that picked it. Yeah, and we couldn't remember what your top five was for the longest time. So yeah, that's on me. That's because <laughs> somebody didn't that's write okay. it down. <laughs> yeah, that's um, okay. But yeah, so that it's been an adventure, Joe. I've had a lot of fun doing this. Um, and I'm not sure what we're gonna do yet. Uh, do next. It really depends. <laughs> right now, unfortunately, it really depends on HBO Max. So, uh, because I want, if we're gonna cover a show. I really want it to be readily available for people. So, and I know HBO max is going through a transition right now, so we don't know where things are going to land, but, um, what I'd like to do is cover some Batman, the brave and the bold this year, because it is, it's the 15th anniversary. Correct, Joe. Uh, that sounds right. I believe, I believe it's 15 years. 11. No. Wait. Hold on. It started in 2008. Okay. I'm I'm on 2000. I'm on season three. So season three must have been 2011. Yeah. For some reason on HBO Max, it says 2011. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, it is, um, it's 15 years since the start um, of Batman, the Brave and the Bold. So I'm yeah. kind of thinking I want to do some of that this year. I don't know if we're going to do the exact same thing we did for the animated series, but we'll see. Um, but I really want to find out uh, if it's going to be readily available on HBO Max because I don't want people to have to purchase to watch along with us. Um, but we'll see. That's that's kind of the idea for now. What, were you going to say something there, Joe? No, I just, I mean, when we do if we pick out certain episodes, we'll just make sure as we're doing it, it'll be on HBO max for everybody. Right. Yeah. And I think we'll, we will do like a, a fifth at, at the very least a 15th anniversary episode on the brave and the bold, but we will see. I don't even, I don't even know if I own, um, I'm looking at my shelf now. I don't think I own physical copies of brave and the bold. So it wouldn't be something that I even have readily available. I don't either. Um, so that that's one of the biggest reasons too is I don't yeah. if 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 we don't have it to watch it we definitely can't expect other people to. So, uh, but we'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, I again I've had a ton of fun with the Batman the animated series uh, revisit celebrating thirty years of it. 
unfortunately, in the midst of that, we lost Kevin Conroy. I mean, who would have known that was going to happen? Um, so yeah, it, it's it's been a journey uh, covering these episodes, but it, it's been fun too. Um, and Joe, I, I thank you so much for for going along on the journey with me. Um, I hope you've had fun doing this. Oh, this has been a lot of fun, and and honestly, like as much as I love doing. Uh, the animated series i've been looking forward to what we're going to do next uh i sent you a bunch of stuff for anniversaries this year that we might cover and and if you don't mind me saying right now i I would love to hear um if any of the listeners have an opinion i want to get eric to watch beware the batman (laughs) beware the batman is 10 years old this year and that is kind of like a I don't want to say hidden gem. I mean, I loved the show, but it's kind of like a, a really small footnote in the Batman mythos, especially with animation. Eric has never seen an episode. I have only seen, um, most of the episodes once I've seen maybe the first season once or twice, uh, maybe a little bit more, but we've talked about maybe just covering a couple episodes of that to see if anyone would be interested in at least covering the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do have a, a love for that show because I remember trying to find it and trying to watch it when it aired. Cause there's some weird history with that show. Uh, so that was something that we had also kicked around, but there's even besides that. And we definitely want to cover brave and the bold if it's still on HBO max. <laughs> um, we have, and I, I'll be honest, part of me thinks HBO max keeps saying things are leaving to see what kind of buzz it gets from people because, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, and Brave and the Bold were both supposed or all supposed to leave February first, and they didn't. So yeah. it's very suspect of what's going on over there right now. Well, but um, well, and here's the thing: if those shows, it, because we know that DC and Warner Brothers has have made an animation deal with Amazon Prime. Yes, if they end up going to Amazon Prime, we'll absolutely do stuff like that because I mean, yeah, a lot of people have Prime, so. But yeah, it's, it's just dependent on what happens. But so far as Beware the Batman, I'll say this, Joe. I have never had very much interest in that show. Um, the art style didn't appeal to me. Um, and I, I don't know if it just didn't hit at the right time or whatever. But if other people reach out and say, yeah, we'd love to hear you cover that, we'll do an episode on it. But. I have to hear from somebody else saying uh, we'd <laughs> we'd we'd like to hear it because I honestly I'm not, listen. I'm not championing like every episode. I'm not. I just think it'd be fun to do maybe one episode just to see if people would be interested in just watching one episode with us. And and that's if that's the case, awesome because I I do think it's one that it, and it's readily available on HBO just to check it out. It's weird. Like it's it's a different take on Batman. There's no Robin. Um, it's definitely a take. So, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm well, not opposed to not doing it. That's for sure. I just happened to see that it was a 10 year anniversary and figured when else are we going to ever cover that show? It's a very good point. So there you go, guys, <laughs> you have your assignment. If you want to hear us talk about, Beware the Batman, let us know and we'll make it happen. Um, but I think that is a great point to, uh, to kind of put a pin in it for this episode. Joe, thank you so much for joining once again thank you for for being the other side of this show and keeping it going um and for doing all that research on episodes for this year because i'm very excited about some of those anniversaries that you've come up with so until we meet again 
why don't you tell everybody out there where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd as jforn 11 and you can find me on Facebook as Joe Fornarato. J, uh, I'm sorry, Joe F O R N A R O T T O. Thank you again for having me, and I look forward to the rest of the stuff we have coming this year. Um, and guys, uh, enjoy the Flash trailer that comes out uh, Super Bowl Sunday. There's a football game in there somewhere too, but I'm I'm really excited for the trailers we're getting on Sunday. Apparently, there's going to be 11 movie trailers premiering for the Super Bowl. Ooh. And what's fun too is they don't just release the 30 second or one minute spot anymore. We get the full trailer online instantly, so I I can't wait. Our first official footage of the Flash since that teaser from Fandom almost two years ago now. It's such a clever way they do it too because they spend the least amount of money to put the 30 seconds in the Super Bowl and then they say go online and watch the full trailer now yep. very clever but anyway I digress um, if you'd like to find me my personal accounts can be found on Instagram Twitter and Letterboxd at carter 89 that's carter 89 the show's accounts once again are on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at TFRBatPod if you'd like to support the show, the best and easiest way to do that is to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts, we will read those on the show. We also read emails. So if you have thoughts, questions, comments, suggestions for episodes, send us an email at tfrbatpod at gmail.com. Now, that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. But until we reach you again, until you hear our voices, thank you so much for joining us. And make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. Batman was created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane and is the sole property of Warner Brothers Discovery. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Comics, or DC Studios. The thoughts and opinions of the participants of this show are their own and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. fighting never stop what I try to live by maybe if I'd been younger could have been like you always wanted to be a hero you are a hero Jim to your old tricks, I see. How about returning that suitcase to its owner? Hey, man, I am the owner. You know, I was kind of hoping I'd run into you. I've been in those places like where you left me before. Heard the rap, wasn't impressed. But this time it made sense. Maybe I was ready to hear it. So I'm heading back home. And I guess I kind of owe it to you, Batman. You probably saved my life.
I bet you hear this all the time. Look, I'm gonna miss my bus. I'll see you around. And thanks. <laughs>